Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. This is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower. And I'm starting this from the inside out. I am on a mission to expand my horizons and to become all that I can be. And I am so loving the fact that I get to share this journey with you all and that there are fellow travelers in the tribe that are joining me on this journey. I'm here on the Vibrary Collective Network on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm here every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch the live show by listening through blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary. That's T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. Or you can call on the show line, which is 646-787-8436. If you're listening on the phone lines and you want to join in the conversation, just press the pound or hashtag and the number one key that lets me know that you have something that you would like to say, and I'll try to get you on the air as soon as possible. I'm out there on all the social networks. You can find me at The Vibrarian, and I am all about passing on the positivity. So if you see something that's high vibe, if you have a meme, a joke, a video, a teaching, anything at all that is really just of high vibe, I would love to be an amplifier of that message. So just tag me. You can tag also Good Vibe Tribe or Get Lifted, and I'll make sure that I get those recirculated and that energy passed forward out into the collective. Now, you can also listen to these shows on all the podcast networks. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can just look for the Vibrary Radio or the Vibrary Collective. Subscribe, and you can listen then at your leisure to the replay. And also, it's out on the YouTube channel. So I think I've covered all the bases now. Pretty much we're out there anywhere that you can be having conversation. I've tried to make sure that this voice is out there. Now, each week I am here for conversational elevation, and that means the goal is that through the chat and the the conversations that are had, that it somehow uplifts us. So it's all about positivity. I'm not um, necessarily here for the controversial, um, you know, get on your soapbox kind of dialogue, but of course I welcome any subject just to start. As the vibrarian, I am a connector of information, so if you have a question about something you would like to know more about that you would like to discuss, drop me a DM or an email and let me know, and I will definitely look at bringing that topic up on a future episode of tonight's show. So I've been having a conversation as we started this new season of the podcast about your energy, your vibration, looking at like your motivations and what frequency and energy even is and why it is important. And tonight I want to touch on the subject of flow and flexibility. So flow is one of those beautiful words that even as you say it, the vibration of the word itself 
mimics the energy of the action, which is to go with the flow of something or to move smoothly along in the direction that something is going, to be aligned with an energy you are leveraging that energy for forward movement. You know, we talk about the flow of rivers and streams and how, you know, salmon swim upstream when it's time for them to go to their spawning grounds. And we see uh, all these nature videos that show them making this arduous journey, kind of going against the flow of the water, throwing their bodies out from the water to leap forward. And, of course, sometimes that's in the harm's way where they're able to uh, get captured by predators such as bears who are waiting for that moment for them to kind of rear themselves out of their protective environment. But we also know that part of that upstream swim is what makes those salmon strong and as part of their natural biology to do that. We also see times when going against the flow of something is necessary. But most of the time, we are able to move into a flow state in order to have to do less effort in order to reach our destination. So this is hugely important right now, of course, because we want to be able to move out of an old dynamic which required us to hustle hard and grind harder uh, into a different kind of way of experiencing and moving through the world, one that we are aligning with energy and intention. Now, that flow kind of sound or the feeling of moving along, there's not a lot of friction in that word. There's no hard consonants like T's and S's, right? There's no walls and barriers in the sound of the word flow. And so this is a beautiful way of encapsulating the idea of moving in a frictionless state, towards a goal or destination. One of the beautiful parts about being in a flow state is that there may not actually be a destination to our journey. We are just moving along in an energetic slipstream or uh, direction, not necessarily caring where we are going to end up. We know that, you know, all rivers and streams eventually reach larger bodies of water, and we can also then begin to envision for ourselves that when we are in a flow state, we will eventually reach a more expansive state of being. Now, I love this kind of reality experience, but I will has not been the most easy thing to transition to. Now, what that has looked like for me is that I moved out in a very radical way from the structures that I had in place in my life, the day-to-day -day routines that I had, the way that I made sure that I did 
did my job, the people that I connected to, the places that I went to, all of that was very carefully planned and executed. And there is an aspect of being a responsible adult, right, that says that we plan for a rainy day, we we save our resources, we look ahead, we future cast, we we do all of these things because that is how we protect ourselves and assure ourselves that we are going to end up in the place that we intend. Now, as I departed from those structures and rigidity, it caused a, a kind of a, a uncomfortable shift because I, over a period of years, wound up then moving into a state where I'm not planning in the same way that I used to. Um, So when I've been asked, well, where do you see yourself in five years? Sometimes I don't have an answer for that question. The where I see myself as a specific or literal answer is not something that I am able to articulate And there is a very important reason for that. One thing is that I have no idea what my life will look like, but I am very, very clear about what I want my life to feel like. So by focusing on the uh, feeling state of my reality and saying, you know what, I know that I want to feel joy, I want to feel secure, I want to feel creative, I want to feel comfortable in my environment, by setting a loose specific framework, like not being specific in it must look like X, Y, Z, and rather saying it must feel like ABC, then I have opened up a space for infinite opportunities of my reality to match my frequency. This is much different from putting into place a system where my reality matches my vision. And part of that is me recognizing that my vision is actually limited. I view things through my human perspective, which while we have great imagination and ability to envision many things, the ability of creator force energy to manifest into something is far greater than my vision allows. And so by moving into a flow state of being, then that allows for that infinite kind of uh, manifestation to come back to me. So, uh, you know, for an example, when I was like maybe 13 years old, I always envisioned like New York City and the hustle and bustle of the streets as I would see it in movies and the high rise and the big towers and that kind of, uh, uh, I think the movie I saw was big with Tom Hanks or something where he was living in this really cool funky loft apartment and down at FAO Swartz and on Central Park and, you know, all these kind of things. I knew that I wanted to live in New York City in a big city. And so by the time I was a senior in high school, when we did our senior trip and went to New York, I was like, oh, okay, I'm definitely moving to New York City. I love this urban energy. I love the vibration. I'm going to do it. Well, 
four years later as I'm ending college, well, first of all, I came to Atlanta because I felt like Atlanta was a baby step on my way to big city living. And so I was coming from like small town America and Atlanta was the, the place that I researched, the college that I researched that I wanted to go to. So I came to get my little baby, you know, steps towards city living together. But by the time I graduated from college and then from graduate school, the reality of living in New York City began to be a different conversation. I was looking at the constraints of my uh, salary as a first-year librarian, and the cost of living to live in New York City was quite daunting. So, you know, I tabled that energetic idea and vision of living in New York City, and I just said, well, I'm going to pursue life in Atlanta, which I wound up doing. Well, if I fast forward then, say, 20 plus years in my life, I found myself in a position where I was working in the tallest building in Atlanta that has an occupied office floor. That's the SunTrust building. I'm on the 55th floor. I'm looking out over the skyline in all four directions from Stone Mountain to Kennesaw Mountain to down past the airport, beautiful daily views. And then I'm getting off the MARTA and walking up through Peachtree Center Station down the streets of Atlanta every day, and I am seeing the hustle and bustle of the people, and I'm smiling because all of a sudden I realized I was living in the energetic version of a reality that I had envisioned for myself but thought that I had not obtained. Now, I'm very, very thankful for having the eyes to see in that moment and recognize the echo or the actual energy that I had requested as a 13-year-old, I was now experiencing every day as a 43-year-old, right? And so I began to be in joy and gratitude every time I was doing this commute and walking down the block and smiling at everybody I met and looking at the tourists who were downtown touring Atlanta, much like my little 18-year-old self was touring downtown New York City 30 years prior. I had this whole different experience of it because I realized that all the things that I had done consciously and unconsciously had actually manifested into the energetic reality experience that I had desired as a teenager. To me, that is one of the like turning points in my awakening and pivotal uh, shift in perspective to realize that my ability and power to bring into life my vision was much greater than what I had thought previously. And the idea of that this flow was occurring the whole time, unbeknownst to me, and yet guided very much by my desire and intention in terms of what I wanted to live as my dream life, 
I was still going down this pathway, this journey, this river of, of experiences that wound up getting me to my destination. Now, time is not something that at this point I am concerned with because my enjoyment of the manifestation at 43, it took 30 years, but the 30 years was filled with other amazing experiences as I was going along this flow of my life state. And now, since even coming into more awareness, presence of that joy and actual relaxing of myself has been wonderful. And by relaxing, I mean this. Many times we feel that we have this goal in mind, and then we must do things in order to achieve that goal. We're going to have to do X, Y, Z, and then we're going to talk to this person, and then in three years we're going to add this component, and then we can see our five-year for I mean, you feel the energy of that, right? It's very structured. And what happens sometimes then is when we don't meet our own expectations, of what we think were the steps that were supposed to happen to lead us to where we desired, then we can have a less than positive experience. We can begin to stress about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm X, Y, Z, and I haven't even done such and such yet. Or I thought I would be here by now. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, or we overwork ourselves and spend time, extra time at the office because we have this pressure of obtaining what we expected something to look like. And the opposite side of that not so positive experience can be that when we do get what we thought we wanted, the feeling that comes along with it is actually not matching how we thought it would feel when we finally got to our destination. And this is because a lot of times then as we are manifesting in that way, we are actually seeding it with the energies of, 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 uh, of high expectations, of extra work, of hustle, of labor, of effort, and all of this kind of stuff. So when we get that vision of the dream, then it has all of those energies with it meaning we have to work extra hours. We don't even get to be in our dream home. Um, we have the family and the two kids, and we are working so much that we can't even spend time with our kids, right, uh, because we didn't think about that fact or feel about that when we were bringing to life our goals. Now, people love vision boards. Like we can talk about vision boards all the time, and there are many things that use vision, such as television, social media, uh, you know, all these things are vying for the energy of our eyes, for the attention that we put to it, the focus that we put to it. But what is really understood at the back of it is that we are feeling a feeling when we see these pretty shiny things or when we see these lifestyles that we aspire to, when we see the, the public version of what we think is a private reality that we aspire to. 
part of that is the big trick, right? And we've all seen the little things that see what you really are looking at when a person is showing their happy face on social media or on their Facebook page. Then you look below the camera and they're in their underwear and the kitchen is dirty and they're living in a shack, but their their vision from just what you see through the filter is beautiful and high and looks so happy and pretty shiny kind of situation. So if all of these things are competing for our energetic vision and our energy to align us. And when we look to the why we want to align with something and whose flow are we in, then that is a key question to ask. Many of us reach a point in our lives when we are in uh, another person's vision or goal or dream. So that what that looks like is, you know, if you are working, say, for Coca-Cola, then all of your effort and energy and things that you contribute as a worker are going towards the Coca-Cola founder's vision of having a soda that is beloved all over the world. And all the generations of CEOs and thought leaders that have ushered Coca-Cola to where they are today you are contributing your effort to somebody else's vision and dream. And many times then we align ourselves with that flow until it becomes uncomfortable for us. And what that can look like is when we are not getting compensated in the way that we feel that we should be. Or when we're expected to work different hours or if the office building moves to a new location and we just have to go with the flow and move to that place or space if we want to keep our livelihood. These kinds of things can stifle one's flow. And when you are not feeling the love anymore, then work becomes something that can be toxic and something that can be detrimental to your health mentally, emotionally, physically, on every level. When those encounters begin to happen and we start feeling the friction that we don't necessarily want to go in the same direction that we've been going, those are the moments when it may take that huge effort like that of the salmon to fling ourselves out of that current in order to exit the momentum that we have been coasting along with, especially when we don't want to go anymore. One of the things that's interesting is that I would come up the escalator at Peachtree Center Station, which is, one of, I think, one of the world's longest escalators. And if you're not ready for it and you have a height phobia, going down that escalator can be quite an interesting experience. But if you were to try to go up the escalator, up the down escalator, People do that for cardiovascular purposes to get their little workout on, like I'm going to go ahead and push myself up these stairs as they're going down. It's an exercise of strength building and stamina building, but it also can get you injured pretty quickly, and you will definitely not be able to sue them. 
director of the escalator because they will say you were an idiot that was trying to go up the down escalator. It's not our fault that you hurt your corporate America can have that same kind of thing where, you know, it's not our fault that you had to go on medical leave because you harmed yourself while working in our flow. Don't expect us to be held accountable for it. It's your responsibility to look after your own health and safety and welfare while you are out here working for us. Many, many people after this last year of 2020, and I'm speaking, you know, from the American perspective and also from a global perspective, last year was a big disruption of flow. Everything in March and April, by the time those months rolled around from January to March, a global stoppage in the flow of things happened and we all were basically stuck on this escalator that no longer was moving in the way that it had been previously. For some people, this was a very then challenging experience that caused great injury and harm in terms of economics to their bottom line, to their ability to provide shelter and food for themselves and their family. There is no doubt about that harsh consequence that is still part of the reality that people are experiencing. On the same side of this experience, there were people who, because the flow was disrupted of the day-to-day schedule, we're able to actually have space for the first time many times in decades beyond the two-week vacation or the three-week vacation that had been accrued over years of hard service. It was the first time that they got to step out of the flow and see how they really felt. You got to see how you really felt about your spouse. You got to see how you really felt about your roommates. You got to see how you really felt about your children because the flow of busyness and activity and the hustle bustle of commuting and moving through the routines and habits and structures that had been set out was disrupted. In our lives, there are very few opportunities where flow is absolutely disrupted and we have the space in which to examine and begin to move differently. I personally believe that what we experienced in 2020 and will be experiencing in the coming years is going to be a continued disruption of the so-called normal. And I do not think that this is necessarily going to be a bad thing once people are able to move through very specific crisis experiences. Many people have started new businesses, have begun to explore their passions in a new way only because there was time and space for it. Other people have been faced with the idea of, I have to go back to work. My employer is calling me back, and yet I do not feel 
that it is in my best interest to do so. And so they are stopping. You know, we have teachers unions in Chicago who are saying, hold up, we don't want to go back into the classroom. Um, you know, we had uh, recently in Georgia there was an accident at, I think, a poultry plant where six people were killed. And the people are who work there are saying, hold on a second. We need you to come in and look at this work that we are doing because it is damaging and harmful to us. So these flow disruption moments are actually assisting through what we would say are bad circumstances. They are actually assisting us to, many of us, to prevent even greater calamities and catastrophes from befalling ourselves. I believe that all of us as soul beings who came here in order to experience the human life and to go through earth school and to grow the soul self into all that it could be through the infinite ways that we are who we are, I believe that those souls who Provide the painful lessons, if, even if it's just your coworker who got laid off and then you found out that they were laid off and three years later when you saw them, they were happy and joyful and had started their own business. I believe that that soul is a lesson and agreed to be a lesson even through the traumatic experience of being laid off. Many people will say, I think there are people who now say from the 2008 recession that they lost everything, but that they have recovered in a different way that they never envisioned possible had they continued to live in the life that they were living pre-2008. And I'm not trying to minimalize anything that minimize anything that anybody experiences that is traumatic uh, because I, I don't believe that I would be immune to having that traumatically growthful kind of experience and opportunity that I'm talking about. So I am speaking with a, an eye for that we all are one and therefore go I as you go. But I also look to the larger lessons that we as humanity are having opportunity to see one of the the is when we have become uh, inflexible when there are structures that are rigid that are institutionalized that are entrenched those things are more painful to have crumble around you so for some people, what this looks like is when you're a religious institution, like say if you're a Catholic, and then you find out that all the abuse by the, the priests and the church and all these things, when that shakes your faith in this institution, then your spiritual connection to God can be challenged. And then the way that that challenge is healed then is when you step back from the institutionalized part of church or Catholicism or Protestantism or Baptism, any of the denominations, they're all the same pretty much. But now you have people who are saying, I'm spiritual, not religious. Because the, the label spiritualism Spirituality is so much more infinite than the structured part of a religious institution. 
when people move from having a job to having an entrepreneurial venture, then the structure of leave and vacation and paid time off and salary and performance reviews and evaluations, all those inflexible things that are the benchmarks and criteria created by the environment where you are become different. When you become your own boss and you can work at the time that suits your energy and the industry that you are performing in, then you tend to become happier and better and more productive overall. I know myself and I know that I don't wake up well in the mornings early. So I am not going to create an expectation and a framework and a structure for myself that is that I must get up at 7 o'clock every day in order to keep the vibrarian running and to do all the things that I need to do. I'm going to be flexible in the, the structure or the guidelines that I create for myself. And, you know, even broad, more broad than that, to be able to say, what do you think you're going to be doing in six months? I can honestly say, well, I don't know, but I'm going to love it, right? <laughs> that is the beautiful part of uh, moving into a flow state and a flexible state. Uh, one of the uh, memes that I shared today says, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen and I love it. <laughs> so to move into an energy where you are loving the lack of borders and lines and structures, and when you are truly enjoying just being in the flow and going along this beautiful river of life that is aligned with your energetic target, if you will, then you can look at the things that are coming through your flow and experience them differently instead of discounting and saying, you know what, well, this isn't important to me. Today that I saw a honeybee on a sunflower, it's not important to me because it doesn't have anything to do with my goal and destination, which I am trying to get to in 6.2 hours. <laughs> That's not flexible. By being in the flow of when I get there will be the perfect and divine and ordered time, and I can stop and look at this and contemplate that honeybee and its pollination and journey and the beauty of that, and I can just be wholly in that now moment without any care or concern for the fact that I did not get to my destination at an appointed time. That is where the joy and ease factors and quotients are elevated into your experience. And another one of the things that I uh, uh, saw today when I was looking is I went looking for a quote by Bruce Lee. And it's, uh, I'd always seen it was like, be like water. And I didn't know the full context of it. But I found this uh, out on uh, the Internet, thank you, web. And it says, flow in the living moment. We are always in a process of becoming, and nothing is fixed. Have no rigid system in you 
and you'll be flexible to change with ever-changing. Open yourself up and, excuse me, open yourself and flow, my friend. Flow in the total openness of the living moment. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Moving, be like water. Still, be like a mirror. Respond like an echo. Bruce Lee. That's a very, very filled statement in that. When you are still, when your mind chatter has stopped, when your schedule has paused, when there is space for stillness, then the communication begins to come into your aware mental consciousness. We find out that we didn't even really like the things that we were participating in. We feel the hesitation to get back in the rat race and begin to pick back up the things that were getting our time and attention that we had made into hard, fast structures in our life. When we enter that stillness space, our choices can move differently. When you look to the part of the statement that talks about the echo, um, still be like a mirror, respond like an echo. We are absolutely the frequency that we are experiencing. So if you begin to observe in the stillness that there is drama and stress and negativity and worry and all these things, then begin to look at why this echo is happening. And that is when you will take the steps then to move yourself out of the space where that energy is part of the conversation. When you realize that you are reflecting things that you didn't necessarily choose to, and when you move into the state of then I want to be in the driver's seat of this rather than just a passenger in someone else's reality structure, then that's where you can move yourself out of those dynamics so that you are not bouncing back and forth echoing that energy. I think many of us have been in workplaces where even if it's a fast food restaurant during peak hours and you can look at everybody in the back and they're rushing from place to place and they're stressed and they're trying to drop this thing and bring up that thing and they're waiting on fries on two and all this kind of energy is echoing back and forth and then the customers who are waiting to check out begin to have that same echo of impatience. Where's my order? This was a little echo chamber happening that becomes observable when you have provided enough stillness and space for yourself to go within and use your inner compass and navigation. 
Now when you go into a, a toxic work environment or a, a toxic company or even to a toxic friend group where the echoing that's happening, when you find yourself starting to send back the gossip that you're observing in your friend group, then you can stop and say, this is not a flow that I want to experience, and then begin to, through the still space, still space, vibrate the frequency that you want to then echo to you. And one of the things that is guaranteed is that when you change your frequency, things fall away. Either you fall away from the things that you no longer resonate with or those things fall away from you. Uh, Generally, I think it's about 50-50 of both, right? You move out of a frequency and then the job doesn't work anymore and then you might find out your friends aren't in the same frequency either and you begin to move yourself out of it into this radical kind of departure, radical only in the eyes of others who are expecting you to conform to rigid structures and templates and expectations, but maybe not so radical to you when you realize that your very survival is at the middle of this circumstance and experience. If you realize that I have to get out of this stream that I'm in in order to save myself or in order to continue my, my family line, you know, and I've got to get out of this particular flow if, if I'm going to have any kind of quality of life, then the radical departure of the energy to takes you out of that stream into something else is absolutely necessary. But once you've extracted yourself, then you can begin to find the flow that will then be positive for you in terms of moving forward. One of the reasons why flexibility is important is because it makes us resilient. There is a famous book, uh, I think, I don't know what decade it's from, but I think it's called To Bend Without Breaking, Oh, the author or the premise behind the book, I believe that it was just on my father's bookshelf, uh, you know, uh, in my younger years growing up. Um, But the idea of something that is brittle and something that has become inflexible, um, that it rather than being able to withstand a storm or weather or adversity, it snaps rather than flexing and surviving. And I've read that even saplings and trees and things like uh, that grow from the earth, that during the sapling's growth, it is necessary while it is still green that it is in storms, that experiences wind, that experiences the natural weather patterns, excuse me, of its, excuse me, the natural weather patterns of its native environment. And that if the sapling for some reason were to not be grown for eight to ten years, having experienced the ups and downs of wind and weather and rain and soil temperatures and soil moisture levels sometimes being more saturated versus times when there's been drought, 
that if that were to be the case, that a tree, by the time it reached adulthood, would snap at the first gust of wind that impacted it because it had not developed the flexibility in its root structure and trunk structure to be able to withstand those natural changes in its environment. How many of us have become brittle, have become so entrenched in something that our ability to be flexible has been negatively impacted? That's not to say that things like a sudden job loss or illness or things cannot break us to a certain degree. But the ways that we can control our flexibility are in our mind, first and foremost, our viewpoint about something. Most of it, our experience is due to our mental response to stress, trauma, and change. For some people, change is very traumatic even as an outset because the the consistency of a, a schedule and an environment and timing, all these things are what makes that person feel safe and comfortable. And when something then begins to change in that, then it can be very stressful for them because their response is challenged into panic responses. But you can learn to be more flexible even if it is not your natural way of being. Our life this last year has certainly taught us that being flexible will benefit you. One week we're told that, you know, uh, things will be open, and then the next week we're told things will be closed. They said, well, the kids are going back to school. Oh, the kids are not going back to school. Oh, you know, it's if this, then that. Then it's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Everybody go this way. Wait, 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 we didn't mean that. Now everybody go that way, right? So you're going into all of these responses. And so maintaining a flexible mind in order to be resilient when the external stormy conditions or weather conditions are uh, happening means that our ability to survive and thrive is going to be much greater when we are flexible in our perspective. We also then get to have, as I said, the expanded experience of I can enjoy this even though it does not look exactly like I thought it would because it certainly feels as good as I hoped it would. That is where our ability to move forward in this new not normal, where there is no normal, where there is no um uh, thought of what things might look like in six months or in a year or in two years. And many people stopped what they had planned and intended, such as weddings and vacations and trips and job changes and house buying. Many people stopped those things or they tried to put them on hold for months and months and months, waiting for normal to return. And then at some point, 
people are saying, you know what, I've got to just go ahead and do what I need to do, what I think is right to do for myself, my family, for my circumstance, and to no longer wait. And it's not going to look like I thought it was going to look, but it will be something else that is appropriate for where we are today. And I'm not going to then hope for in another six months when things are, you know, uh, at this certain place, then I'll begin to live my happy life or then I'll proceed to the next stage. We are having to move into the next stage without knowing exactly what it is going to look like. If you can get okay with that, if you can move into the flow of that, I think that you will find that it is overall positive. You will step into a greater degree of trust of yourself because you will realize that, you know, that 13-year-old with big dreams and visions is now the, you know, 49-something-year-old who is living a better quality of life than I've ever lived before. It has less structure. It's a lot more uncertain, but I'm enjoying every minute of it, even the challenging parts where my resilience is buffeted, even the parts where it might feel like things are out of control and beyond my control. I've learned to exist in a state of trust with that, that is really more healthy for me overall. The moment-to-moment experience of being just here right now, today, in this moment, in the conversation, without what next week's episode is going to look like and what six months from now, uh, if I you know, were to say, oh, I wanted to have uh, uh, XYZ listeners, That's not the kind of targeting experience I'm having. What I am saying is that I want to be in the joyful experience of talking about things that I am experiencing on a day-to-day way, and as long as that continues, then I will be exactly in the flow that I intended and desired to be. It says, you know, that uh, whatever is fluid, soft, and yielding will overcome whatever is rigid and hard. What is soft is strong. That's from Lao Tzu. And water is the most powerful force. It washes away erodes rocks. It cuts its pathway through land Even drip by drip, it changes its environment without great force, with only its presence. What can you experience and impact and change by being soft and yielding rather than rigid and hard? The first thing you will change will be yourself. You will have less stress, more positivity, more now moments in which to experience the infinite 
ways creation can bring energy into manifestation for you. I am really enjoying these conversations, and I appreciate everyone who has been listening this evening. The phone lines, I've had people listening and through the streaming as well. Um, I did forget to open the chat, so if you were there, I apologize because I didn't see you. (laughs) But uh, if anyone has any questions or comments or contributions, just press 1 and let me know. Uh, We're going with the flow each week and uh, remaining flexible in in the way that this is going to manifest. And I invite you to share with me your spaces of flow and flexibility and ways that you have found your life looking differently than what you thought it would and places where you have stepped outside of the line, so to speak, to live differently than what you thought. Uh, We do have a caller to come on here. Let's see, 5595. Let's see if we can get you live this evening. Thank you for calling, Conversational Elevation. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. This is the bestie. Yay. Yes. Hi, everybody. You know, I just could not sit here and not talk about it. Yeah. Well, flow. you know, we talk about flow. this all the time. So, you know, this is an extension of our tribe having the kind of moving in the same flow experience. And I'm so grateful for your support and friendship on this journey to be them the flow together. <laughs> Right, right. Well, <clears throat> thank you, and and I feel the same way. Uh, I would not be able to do it without the support of, of of our good vibe tribe. We we love each other, we support each other, and that is everything, everything to us. But flow, flow for me was uh, was extremely hard. It, it has gotten easier over the years. But flow was on me a long time. Um, I needed to do things differently, and I did not want to do things differently until I had to do things differently. So being in the flow, um, I stepped out, and I left a job that I thought I loved with everything inside of me the way. And um, I said, I, I just, I want to be happy. I want to live, and I want to be happy. So whatever will give me that is what I want. <clears throat> so for three years, I, I allowed, I sat and, and waited and sat in the flow and allowed it to come. Um, after three years of being unhappy, Still searching because I'm a person who I'm operation, so I like to know how it's going to be and how it's going to go. And I I like to, you know, make it happen. But I had to sit down and I had to stop and I had to understand and realize that, no, I'm not in control. So I had to be in, in the flow and live in the flow. And in the flow, that means you have to allow. You have to allow for things that may not be great. You have to allow for those great things because they're coming. Because if you get the things that aren't great, 
something better is always coming, and you have to know that. So faith, first and foremost, to know that it is going to be okay no matter what. And uh, my journey so far has taken three years, but I am 100% in it. I am in love with life and whatever it has to bring to me at any moment. Well, you mentioned the controlling thing. I would say that controlling people who are highly controlled, which, you know, really is a level of competence and responsibility that we all need to, you know, you got to have control of the car if you're going to be driving a car. You know, I mean, that's a fundamental thing of being actively involved in moving something. So many of us developed a high degree of controlling our circumstances. And so when we are in a situation then where we no longer have that control, then we begin to seek for, okay, where can I, okay, where can I pick up the reins of control in other areas because I don't have the forum and the place that when I used to do it. And I know that that period of time of not having anything going on to control of just being in a space of being still and just coming into tune with yourself in a new unscheduled way that didn't involve hours long commutes and things of that nature. That was the growth space where it was the most challenging because you're like, I don't get to be myself. I don't feel like myself. This is boring. I don't have anything to do. And so getting to that experience of then getting to Tanya quiet time was like the first hurdle. And then once you got into that space of having the conversation of stillness in which you were doing your meditation time and connecting with yourself time, then you weren't willing to just give that up and go back into like the job opportunities that came your way where they wanted you to go back to being the operations manager that you were good at doing. You you didn't want to do that anymore. You were like, "Mm, no, no exactly. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, I remember the, the phone call that I got from, uh, you know, uh, someone looking at my resume and wanting to talk to me. And, uh, you know, she asked, can you do this? I said, yes, I can. Can you do this? Can you do this? But will you do this? No, no, I won't. I won't. I, I won't drive more than 10 minutes from my house. So then, you know, I knew what I would not do. So that allowed me the ability to say, okay, well, I'm not just going to do anything. <laughs> So, no, I don't want to go back into corporate America. That That's not where I want to be. So after speaking to her for 30 minutes, uh, and it was a great conversation, but at the end, you know, thanks, but no thanks. It's just not what I want. And, yes, that took another two and a half years after that. So it took a total and of three I- years before I'm able to go ahead. Well, I would say as, you know, like a close friend, the experience of me telling you, 
You don't want to do that. Why are you even got your resume out there? Why are you entertaining that phone call? You don't want to go back into that. You know, like you still were like, I have to have this conversation. You need to butt out, <laughs> right? Go, go sit down and be quiet somewhere. I need to talk to this lady. And I remember looking at you while you're telling her, no, no, I've already done that. No, I only want to go 10 minutes from my house. And I'm thinking, well, there's nothing 10 minutes from your house, period. So you clearly really don't want to go back to work, but you didn't know that until that conversation happened for yourself. And that is the other thing about going against the flow even under great advice from very smart friends, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You still were strong right. in your, this is going to be my ship and I'm going to navigate it. Thanks for the advice, but I'll get to the destination in my own time and own way. And I may not even get to the destination you think that I'm supposed to get to, Right. So all of us exactly. have to kind of have those pushback kind of conversations, not only against the structures that we're leaving, but also against the structures that are around us in terms of our friends and family and loved ones, uh, you know, who are thinking that they can see how we need to navigate. You know, and there's nothing, you know, wrong with that. And I'm glad that we have the space in our friendship dynamic to be at odds <laughs> with each other and still support each other. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, exactly. I definitely remember that point of conversation when it was like you finally realized, you know what, I am not going to go put back on those corporate clothes and do that that I've done. I've already done it. I have no wish to return to that. And then you didn't have like the new what am I going to manage in place yet. So that period of mm -hmm. let me help my friends who have businesses do their managing, which you were still doing what you love to do, but you were no longer going to then do it to a degree where it took away from your self-focus, you know, your priorities shifted right to be Tanya-centered priorities rather than external expectation-centered priorities. Exactly. Well, just to count up the hours, count up the hours that you are commuting to and from work, count up the hours that you're working, and then you still have to get sleep. So when I counted all of that up, it added up to be about 18, 19 hours. Yeah, it's just not enough. So then, yeah, you make the changes that you have to make because you have to be the best you can be, and that means getting the proper amount of rest, eating the right food, exercising every part of your body, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, exercising, all of that. You have to do those things in order to survive. And it's interesting because even as you move into, like, entrepreneurial ventures, like uh, myself and our other friends and you as well, we it's very easy to get into the working the same degree of hours uh, to manifest your vision, efforting all of that energy into doing your business. And yet we still have to remember that our call is to be in harmonious flow. 
So that means we still have to have our meditation time and eat right and our meditation time and family bonding time and all those other holistic things that really are part of a true optimal flow of being. We cannot just take one pattern and structure and then apply it to another reality and think that it is going to be better because we will still then end up depleted and moving into a lot of effort necessary to navigate the reality that we create. Exactly. You know, I just think that there are so many exciting ways that our life can manifest that we never envision and yet we felt. So to be able to say, you know, in your particular circumstance that you are now baking <laughs> as a business versus managing corporate real estate assets, <laughs> you know what I mean? That you're right. not up watching the weather to see if a building is going to be flooded because the sprinkler system or the roof caved in. You're looking to make sure that you have enough pecans to bake the cakes that you've got orders for. That's it. Never would it That's have it. been a vision that you would have said, I'm going to do. And yet you've relayed stories that even as a child, like you learned to bake and cook from your, with your mom, you know, at home. That you, yeah. you were like, I've always done this, but I never saw that side of you because it was not in the flow of the life that you had created for yourself at the time we became friends. So now you're back right. to being like the little girl enjoying baking in the kitchen, making all of these treats. And who would have thought that this would be the way that it looks for you to be in your happy space. I would never have thought about the vibrarian being the way that it looks for me to be in my happy space. <laughs> Rather than reading books, I'm reading oracle cards, right? But I'm still like in the energy and thankful, grateful, and ecstatic about the fact that it looks like this when I didn't have the vision to see that it could look like this. It's like unwrapping the best gift from the universe by yourself at Christmas time every day. Exactly. I, that's how I feel every morning when I get up to bake, um, baking cakes, pies, cookies, whatever. It's like Christmas morning. Like Christmas night when you go to sleep on Christmas Eve and you know that it's going to be wonderful the next day, that's how it feels. That's exactly how it feels. It's like infinite possibilities of what it will look like, but the frequency of what you want it to feel like is how you recognize that you are living your best life, okay? (laughs) So, well, you know, Tanya, I always appreciate when you add your energy to the public conversation on the show, and, uh, you know, it's beautiful being 
because vibe does attract tribe, and I am constantly meeting people. Even this week, I went into a financial institution and was talking with a, a advisor, and you know, she begins to share with me that she's feeling like she's at a transition point, but she doesn't know what she wants to do next. But she knows she doesn't want to do what she's been doing because it hasn't been resonating for her for quite some time. And I'm like, of course you'll be the person who's assigned to help me with my circumstance so that we can have this conversation because we are all part of this good vibe tribe. So what I am experiencing, then you are experiencing a version of that same frequency, but in the version that's best for your reality and soul growth. It's a beautiful and magical space to be in. I'm loving this flow, and I am committed to remaining as flexible as possible and so that I can move easily and growthfully forward into whatever the next reality version looks like. So to each of you that have tuned in this evening, I'm always grateful for you showing up for this. And I'll be back next Thursday, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I uh, do have some guests lined up for some interesting conversations. I've met a lot of people in my journeys over time, and I've got some friends that I would like to share with you. We're going to be talking about uh, some, some of the topics I've got lined up are plant medicine and the whole ayahuasca experience. Uh, we've got a person who uh, speaks about navigating with the astrology and the stars and what kind of difference that can make in your life. Uh, I've got a sound healer who will be talking about the vibration and frequency of instruments and tones and how they affect the body. I mean, it's just a beautiful array of people whose voices I want to share with you as we talk about these topics that are expanding our awareness on a week-to-week basis. As always, I wish for you that you have an experience that is so abundantly full of blessings that those blessings spill out from your arms and into the world around you, blessing others. The he absolutely acknowledges, honors, and loves the light in you. Namaste.